Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. Today, I want to get to this place of blessing. The blessing that I believe God has for us as a church, as, as a people of God, when we obey God. You see, I want to, I'm going to be very clear with you. All of the blessings and the favor that God has for His people is all wrapped up on your obedience to the Lord. You see, once you have gone through grace and you've been saved and been set free, you've been redeemed and restored and headed to glory, then you've got to live a life of obedience to God. And God doesn't just tell you to obey you, obey me and not show you why to obey him. By obeying God, there are blessings that come from that obedience. And so I want to talk to you this morning about recovering the blessing of the firstborn. So when you turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, and I promise, next Sunday morning, we're going to actually begin the Ten Commandments. We're going to start. This is a several-week series on the Ten Commandments, but i got to take you through this journey to get to the Ten Commandments. Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 9. When you find it, stand with me for the reading of the Word. Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 9. The Bible says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed unto into the kingdom, excuse me, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Are you seeing all of Exodus 6 right here in Colossians 1, 9? Verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Let me say that again. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things consist and he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have the preeminence let's pray lord one more time we thank you for your blessings over this service this morning we thank you that your presence has been in this room we thank you, God, for your healing. We thank you, God, for your, your divine favor. We thank you, Lord, that you have walked with us. And, Lord, we thank you that you have sur- saturated this, this sanctuary with the holy anointing. 
And Lord, I pray that that as we we do not take this for granted, that God, what has been paid for, what has been bought by, Lord, storming the strongholds of the enemy and tearing down strongholds, God, and through these principalities and powers that have set themselves up in our community, God, I believe there is deliverance that is taking place. And Lord, I pray that we would understand the blessing of what it is to walk in you and understand your favor and understand your love towards us as the people of God. So Lord, I pray that you would cover us this hour. Lord, let us be, let our minds be clear. Let our hearts be, be, be clear. Let our, our spirits be lifted up to you that we may hear your word, hear your voice, and receive from you all that you have in store for us today. And Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Again, the title of the message this morning is called Recovering the Blessing of the Firstborn. There is a, there is a spiritual principle that's found within the Old Testament that you'll begin to see throughout the Old Testament. That when the, when the firstborn child is born into a family, what we find is that the, the, the father will then bless that child. And the purpose of that blessing has is, is been lost in our society, in our culture. But the idea of the firstborn is that the, the favor of God... Would be upon that so that the that the presence of the Lord would go with this child, with this son, and sometimes daughter, that the favor of God would go with them, that the message of the father, the earthly father, would continue from generation to generation. So when the, so it was the firstborn's sons or firstborn child's job or duty rather to see to it that the that everything that their father, their dad, that they that he represented was continued on in that process. So when you have a godly father, you have you have that perpetuation of blessing from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. The blessing of the firstborn is, is consistent with with all the the issues that happened in the in the, the Old Testament, especially in Genesis. You will find that that blessing was coveted, and you'll that blessing was something that they desire. And what happens though is that God has other plans sometimes and sometimes we see that the firstborn in actual genealogy or son or daughter doesn't actually receive that blessing. They don't actually get that blessing. Y'all remember the story of Esau and Jacob. Jacob received the blessing and Esau didn't even though he was firstborn. And if you look at this, this, and Jacob's sons, you have Reuben was his firstborn, but actually Joseph and Joseph's children ultimately received the blessing of the firstborn. And he was nowhere near firstborn. He had several sons after that and other daughters after that. Uh, so we, we see that it's not necessarily have to be the first child in the family that God can use that blessing. God can use any person that will be born that will be receiving his that that mantle of the father or the mantle of blessing and so so as we go through scripture you'll see this a many times the kings like king david for instance he chose solomon he didn't choose his firstborn or any of the others in front of
of Solomon. He chose Solomon to be the king over Israel. So the blessing of the firstborn is critical and it's important, but it's not necessarily determined by the birth order that happens in the local home. This is important because what we find is that God has, has, a, has a purpose for this blessing. That God says, if you will be the firstborn and you will represent me and you will represent what I want my message in the community, I'm going to bless you and keep you and walk beside you. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 tells us that Jesus Christ was the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. What we find as a firstborn is in actual history, human history, Jesus was not the first child born. Jesus wasn't the first man. The Bible tells us that it's Adam. Adam was the first man in this world. But the problem is, is that the blessing that should have been Adam's to bestow and should have been Adam's to give out beyond himself was, was, was destroyed and cursed in the garden when he walked away from God, when he left God. And so what happens is that now any time of any of Adam's sons are if found around, any time that Adam's children, anybody born after Adam, they don't receive that, uh, that special blessing from their father. They also receive the blessing and the cursing, the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. They not only have blessings upon them, but they have evil coming upon them. For instance, I say this a lot, but you don't teach your children how to be disobedient. They figure all that all by themselves. You don't teach your children how to lie. They figure out really quick how to lie in front of you. Your children don't need help in being evil, and sometimes they need a lot of help to be good. So what we recognize is that within inside of us, there are two natures warring against us. Now, when we understand this process and understand the trial within Jesus himself the evil nature never existed it wasn't there he was the firstborn he was the firstborn amongst us amongst human people he became like us he was without sin but he was like us so what he does is that he links arms with humanity he links arms with everybody around us and so by by his very nature of being a human and being found in the image of man being found in the image of God and man, fully God and fully human, he, we are able to connect with Jesus and his blessing of being the firstborn. And that he rose from the dead. He got up. He, he, is the, he was everything the Old Testament was looking for. He was everything that God was pur purposing when he chose Israel, when he called Israel, when he called Israel his firstborn. He was that image. He was, he was what they were looking for. He was the blessing that was coming ahead. Everything that that the world would need was going to come through Jesus. I hope I was I hope I was clear. That was quick. But the purpose of what I want you to receive this morning is that by being firstborn, there is a responsibility that had to be done so that the message of the Father would be given to the world. And so what we see when Jesus was came out of that baptism, when John the baptizer baptized, baptized him, and he came up out of that water, the Bible tells us that the, the light shone from heaven, the dove came down, and the voice said, this is my beloved son, this is my only begotten son, in another place in John 3, 
3, 16, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Luke chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Different verses tell us and explain to us that God, Jesus, is the only begotten. He's the beloved. He's the, he's the one that's the firstborn. He's the one that, he, he's the one that is carrying this firstborn blessing for us. He's the one that lifted himself up. He's the one that rose from the dead. He's the one that carries this world. And if no one listens to my voice, you got to get this because hear me today. He's the one the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1 that he has to have preeminence. He has to have preeminence in your life. So for the blessings of the firstborn to be applied to you in your life, Christ has to be first in your life. There's only one blessing that's available in the world because Jesus is carrying it on his back. What we saw in the process from one son passed to the other son in the Old Testament, all that was doing was foreshadowing what was going to be passed to Jesus when he was born of the Virgin Mary, when when he rose from the dead and ascended to the Father, he is carrying that mantle upon him right now. Now, hold on. You'll be shouting in a moment, I hope. At least I will be. Y'all can join me later if you like. You see, the process of this and understanding this blessing is critical to why we need to hear the Ten Commandments. Because all of God's favor... It resides on one important fact. You obey him. He has preeminence in your life. He has preeminence in your heart. He has preeminence in your home. You cannot go to war with Jesus and expect to win. You cannot go to war with God. You cannot cry out to God and ask him. And this is what's the problem in the world today. Everybody likes easy grace and everybody likes easy love. And God's not going to do anything that's going to cause you to to feel uncomfortable. I want to tell you, God's going to make you uncomfortable every day of your life until you obey him. This isn't a process where you get to tell God how it works. This isn't a process where you get to speak to God and say, God, this is what I want. This is what I want to have. This is what I, where I want to do. This is where I want to work. This is all the things that I've chosen for myself in my life. This is what I want, and I'd like you to bless that, God. That's not the way it works. And many times we have people that will come to church and they, they say, well, I'm supposed to be favored. I'm the head and not the tail. I've got all these things in my life. I'm supposed to have all these blessings. The problem is you don't get to receive the blessing of God unless Christ is preeminent in your life, unless he's first and foremost in your life. That means obeying him and receiving his commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. He doesn't say they're suggestions. He doesn't say, it's okay if you don't do that. I'll still give you mercy and grace that help you through it all. He doesn't say that. He says, if you love me, you'll walk with me. Now, listen, there are people out there, they say, well, I don't like to be told what to do. Well, when I, I, there are certain times in your life that you need to be told what to do. Especially when, you, when it's, it's a dangerous situation going on. I remember the first time my dad took me to shoot a .30-06. He never let me. I haven't shot one since. Let me just be honest with you. I like guns that won't bust, bust my forehead wide open. Because that's what happened. 
I know a little better how to shoot the gun now, so don't throw anything at me. But when I, when I first went out there, I've got this thing up. And my dad was one of those type of teachers that experiences what teaches you. He tells you some of the stuff and then lets you figure it all out by yourself. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Throw you in the water and let you figure it out. Well, anyway, I'm out there. I've got this thing. I've got this gun. I've got it right there, the scope. I've got it sighted in. And, man, I'm, I'm just feeling good because I, I had just shot uh, a couple other guns, a couple other rifles, and, but I hadn't shot this thing because my dad just didn't really want me shooting it. And I was ready to, I was ready to take this. And I don't know what I was thinking because, I mean, I know where to put the, the gun. I know where to put the bear. I know where to put all this stock, and I know what to do and have it resting up there. But somehow I let it go down underneath my armpit. You know what happened. And I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy about that, having a blood thing coming down my face as the gun kicked back and smacked me in my head. I wasn't happy about that moment in time. But you know what? My dad told me what to do. But I didn't really think it was necessary, so to speak. I learned the hard way it was necessary to listen to what your father was telling you. Because if you don't, you get in trouble when you don't. When God tells you this is the way it's going to be, you say, well, you're going to have mercy. Yeah, my dad's mercy was, that was pretty dumb. Why don't you go get some Band-Aids and figure it out? He didn't throw me away. He didn't get rid of me as his son, but he gave me, gave me, chastised me a little bit and let the pain of the experience teach me a valuable lesson to listen to my father when he tells me to do something. You see, in life, when you understand this process, that when the father is telling you to do something and he's speaking over you in your life and he says, do it this way, he's telling you for a reason. When we give you these Ten Commandments starting next week, he's telling you for a reason. Because if you violate them, if you consistently disobey, you are going to miss the blessing and the favor of God. You know, there, there are times that, that uh, there's a story about this that, that I, I find it interesting. I've heard the story told many ways, so I don't know if it's actual true, but it's a good preacher's term, story. The point is, is that it, there, was a, there was a young man that he was so excited to turn 18 and he knew that his dad was, had promised him that he'd buy him a car. So he goes into, he go, comes home from, uh, from his birthday party. He opens up his package and he thinks his package is, going to be, uh, package is going to be a set of keys to the car. Well, what he doesn't realize is that, that, that his, his father has other things. And so when he opens up the package and sees what's inside of it, his father has purchased him a Bible. And so he gets mad at his dad because his dad has purchased him the Bible and he throws it to the side. What he doesn't realize is tucked within the pages of that Bible was the title to a car that his father had purchased for him. And if he just would open up the Bible and read it, he found the title that was in it. But because he wouldn't read the Bible, he never saw the title until later. And then he felt foolish and he learned his lesson that his father was trying to teach him. That if you first put God first, what you have need of will be found within the pages of this Bible. 
You see, when you put God first and have preeminence in Jesus being the firstborn, he is carrying that blessing. He's carrying that blessing that you look about and read about in the Old Testament that Abraham had. He's carrying that blessing that Jacob had when he when all that sheep and all the blessings came, came to them. He's carrying the blessing of Israel and all those that when they fought their battles and when they walked around the city of Jericho and the walls fell down. When Joshua was walking out in front of him. He's carrying that blessing. Jesus is carrying that blessing of the Red Sea parting. He's carrying that blessing of the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. He's carrying that blessing whenever David is chosen and the spirit of the Lord comes upon him and the giants are being felled and the cities are being captured and the Philistines are being put down. He's Jesus right now is carrying that blessing you're reading about in the Old Testament of how the power of God would go from person to person and as they walked with God Jesus is taking that blessing and put it upon his back and he's carrying that and he says whosoever shall come unto me shall be saved this blessing is for who wants to come and join arms with me the blessing of God is available through Jesus Christ and only him And it comes through obeying his word. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 4, verse 22, the Bible tells us that then you shall say to Pharaoh, God telling Moses, that you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. This is a promise from God. You see, when you don't, Uh, uh, lift up Jesus when you don't put Jesus first, what you are doing is you pronouncing a curse upon your house and a curse upon your family. You are lit- you're limiting the very favor of God over you. When Jesus is second and Jesus is third and Jesus is 15th and you don't even think about him, you are literally putting a curse of Pharaoh over your life, over your house, because you are not allowing the favor of the Lord to come upon you. There wasn't a huge amen on that one. Exodus chapter 19 tells us, the Bible says as after they've been delivered, this is fast forward several passages later, after they've been delivered, they're headed to Mount Sinai, they're right at the base of the mountain. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will now indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, and these are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So God is telling Moses, speak this to them. They're going to be a special people, a chosen people. But then through Jesus, look at First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. What the purpose of this blessing and understanding this process here is that we were all born into sin and we had no connection to God but through Jesus Christ we were not a people but now we are. We were out and alone but now we have the favor of God in our lives. We were all alone and had no hope but now Jesus has brought us together to receive from 
him the favor and the anointing and the presence of God. So the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18, For you have not come to the mountain that may, that may be touched and that may be burned with fire and to blackness and to darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of the words so that he who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Verse 22, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the, children, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God the judge of all to the spirits of just men made perfect to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and the blood sprinkling that speaks better than the things that of Abel we have come not to Mount Sinai to receive some kind of law that tells us how to live and be blessed no we have come to Jesus Mount Zion we have come to the one that is carrying everything for you that your help that you have need of your favor that you have need of your blessing that you have need of to get through in your life. All of it we receive when we come to Jesus and listen to Jesus and hold to him. You have come to him to receive all that God has for you. Mm. I cannot believe what time it is. As I haven't even got to where I wanted to go today. I'm trying to set the stage here. I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. Some of y'all got lunch on. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28. The Bible says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, hear that, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The kingdom that we have, we have received by grace in Jesus Christ. We have received it as a blessing to us. Our God is a consuming fire, the Bible says in verse 29. He's going to consume what we give, but we have to do something, the word says here in verse 28. We have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's an old song. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. What you have, the world can't steal from you. What you have cannot be shaken. What God has purchased for you cannot be robbed at you. The enemy can't come in in the middle of the night and steal your salvation and steal your joy and steal your peace and steal your children. You can destroy and put the enemy down by the blood of Jesus Christ. It cannot be shaken. In fact, we overcome through the blood of the Lamb and keep going forward. But we must serve God with acceptably, is what the Bible says here in verse 28. We must serve God acceptably with reverence and fear. Our requirement is to serve God acceptably. Our requirement is to serve God acceptably with reverence and fear. So we are, when we, when we obey what Jesus tells us to do, when we hear the voice of the Spirit, when we cry out to God, we are living holy because God has asked us to live holy and required of us to live holy and demanded of us to live holy. And we do so we, because we love Him and keep His commandments. It's not because the law is on the outside or the commandments are on the outside. No, they should be written within our hearts. You should want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself because it's written in your spirit because the spirit of God wrote it on your life. 
And so we can't, this kingdom cannot be shaken. This means that you are an overcomer. Paul said it, you're more than a conqueror. Paul wants you to get that we are always, the favor of God is upon us, but God's blessings are available to those that will hear his word. Now I'm going to go quick this morning and get you this so that you can get you out of here and get to lunch. But hear me this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 28 Close this out. The Bible says in verse 1, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Hear me this morning. All these blessings shall what? Overtake you. That means that you may be you may not even recognize it but somehow one day you're going to wake up and the favor of the Lord just walked into your room and you didn't even recognize it but you've been walking with God when the quiet you've been in your prayer closet listening to the voice of the Lord you've been hearing God all by yourself and you're not trying to be elevated of your own but you're listening to his voice and obeying his commandments and hearing what thus says the Lord of God and one day you wake up and realize I'm blessed and highly favored and the love of God just fills you and covers you and now you recognize that God is the one that gave it and God's the one that's going to keep you and God's the one that's going to walk beside you and all this is because you obeyed him. That he, you obey him and diligently listen to his voice. So verse 14 of Deuteronomy 28, the Bible says, so you so." You shall not turn aside from the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. When God saves you, by grace he pulled you out of Egypt. You were stuck in sin and you had no way to get out of sin. You were bound. The enemy had covered you and pulled you down. And there was no hope for you and there was no no escape for you. But the Bible tells us he picked you up like eagle's wings and he pulled you out of darkness and pulled you out of the miry clay and cleaned you up and washed you and set your feet on a solid rock and brought you in the kingdom of his dear son and set you in the kingdom of his light and says go and prosper and be blessed and be favored and walk in the kingdom of my son and listen to his voice and allow him to have preeminence in your life but you can't go this way and say well I want it this way no blessing is not over here you can't go over here and say well I want to do it this way no blessing is not over here this is where the blessing of God is the trail that Jesus blazed in front of you that if you would keep me and walk beside me if you will take my yoke upon you Jesus said if you will learn of me because I am meek and lowly but you can listen to this voice right now and recognize when you cast your cares upon him and put his yoke upon yourself it is easy and his burden is light and you'll walk in you want to do it and you want to be free and you want to rejoice and you want to be glad because Jesus Christ has set you free. He has set your home free. You want to live for Jesus when you know that your children are going to be blessed and your family is going to be blessed and your house is going to be blessed and all down the road is going to be blessed and everything that you do is going to carry the favor of God upon you and makes you want to serve Jesus and makes you want to live for him and makes you want to hear his voice and listen to the sound of his voice in your life. But I want to tell you one thing very quickly. Do not put Americans' definition of blessing for biblical definition of blessing. 
blessing of, it may be a curse for some of y'all to get a million dollars tomorrow. Materialism is not what blessing is about. The Bible tells us, here's what the blessing is. Deuteronomy 28.3. Blessed you shall be in the city, and blessed you shall be in the country. That's the first step of of blessing. Wherever you go, Deuteronomy 28.3. Wherever you go, blessed you shall be in the city. Blessed you shall be in the country. That's the first step of blessing. It's what God has for you. It's the power and the presence of God. When you go into the city, when you go into the country, when you go out into the field, wherever you go, you know something very important. The favor of God is upon you where you are because you're there. Hear me today. Listen. The enemy is a liar trying to steal this from you. You listen to the voice of God and you take these Ten Commandments and you take what Jesus has said in Matthew God, Matthew's gospel and follow the word of God because he's redeemed you. And I'm telling you, I'm, hopefully I've made this clear, this is for the redeemed. This is for those that love Jesus. This is for those that have had their sins washed with the blood of the Lamb. This is for those that want to walk by faith and not by sight. This is for those that recognize that I may not understand why I'm facing what I'm facing, but I know that somehow God's going to work it for my good. And I may not understand why this bill came in and that bill came in, but I know in whom I have believed and I know that he will never slumber or sleep and he's going to take care of me and walk beside me and lift me up when I need help and cover me when I need covered. God's blessing is always there for me when I listen to the voice of God. It's for those that are redeemed today. Blessed you shall be in the city, and blessed you shall be in the country. Verse 4, blessed you shall shall be the fruit of your body that produces your ground and the increase your herds and increase of your cattle and offspring of your flocks. What is this about? The purpose of this is saying, it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in a shrimp boat out in the water, you're in the prison system, or or or, or you're working for the sheriff's department, or you're down in the school teaching at the schools, or you're at the post office, or whatever it is, the favor of the Lord's going to walk into that job with you. The favor of God's going to be beside you and cover you and and be around you where you are. You own your business. The favor of God will be upon you as you obey the voice of God. It doesn't mean that when you get to the end of page period, there's going to add three or four zeros to the end of it. That's not what it's talking about. It's saying that what God has provided for you is going to cover all of your needs. He's going to cover everything that you have need of and you may not understand where it's coming from and there may be times that the enemy and calamity will show up in your life but the blessing of the Lord is going to be upon you and you're going to receive the anointing and the favor of God because you obeyed his voice wherever you go it doesn't matter where you work God's going to go with you, beside you. You may feel like you're the only Christian at your job. I want to tell you, when you sit down at that desk, God sits right next to you. When you stand up and do your job, if you're out there working for the street system, God is going to bless you, putting pavement on the ground. I'm telling you, the favor of the Lord will walk beside you wherever you go and whatever you do. There are no menial jobs in God. Everything comes from the hand of God, and what you do shall Prosper if you are obeying and listening to his voice. Verse 5, 
Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bread. When you are out working and your food, you're going to be blessed in what you are doing. Verse, verse 6, blessed you shall be when you come in and blessed you shall be when you go out. You may walk into a situation and you may not even realize what's going on, but God's going to give you favor because of who you are in Christ. And he looks beside you and sees the blood of his son. And when you go into a situation, there's going to be blessing. When you walk out of the situation, there's going to be blessing simply because you're there. The Bible tells us that Jesus told his disciples, when you go into a house and they receive you, let your peace come with you into that house. What does that mean? I've got favor on me. And when I walk into a home, I'm going to pray a blessing over that home. I'm going to pray a blessing over that place. When I walk into a hospital room, I'm beginning to call out the favor of God over that situation and believe that God is going to go with me when I go in and he's going to be with me when I walk out the door, wherever I go, wherever you go, the favor of God will be upon you as you obey and live reverently and peacefully and fearfully before a mighty God who loves you and gave himself for you. The fifth blessing goes on and it says, Deuteronomy 28, 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Listen, you've got to realize today that that does not mean, Peter said, don't think it's strange that when you can see fiery trials come against you, don't think it's strange that you're going to face the enemy because the Bible tells us there's a real devil out there that wants to kill, steal, and destroy your life. You will face trials. You will face struggle. But hear the what God has told us here today that when the enemy comes in, the Spirit of God is going to be beside you. And what he tried to do, he's going to be divided and going to run for cover as fast as he can. The Bible tells us that you look at this. I'm standing here right now. The enemy comes in. He comes at you. But what's going to happen is all of a sudden what he tried to do against you is going to be divided. And it's going to go this way. 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 And what the enemy tried to kill, steal, and destroy, all of a sudden what you realize is that there's nothing coming from your back because Jesus has your back. It doesn't say he's circling around you. He said it comes in this way and it's going to diffuse and go this way and this way and this way. But there will stand Jesus right behind you covering you. The enemy tried to kill, steal, and destroy you. But Jesus is behind you covering you with the favor of the Lord God. So as we finish out this morning, the Bible says in verse 8, the Lord will command blessing on you in your storehouses into which you have set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. Hear me. I said it earlier. Your job is to be the best what God has placed you in. Not, this blessing doesn't mean, he, he, what he's saying, if you're going to be a shepherd, I'm going to bless you when you're out in the field. If you're going to be a farmer, I'm going to bless your farm. I'm going to bless your field. you got to hear this. Wherever you are in your job, put your job in there. If you will obey the Lord, he will bless you where you are. This does not mean that you're going to have exorbitant. It just means that he's going to give you a overflowing blessing of your of where you are in your life. My father taught me this, my dad. When I was first 
I got my car, my first car. And I had my first job. My dad was telling me, he said, I want you to pay your tithe. And taught me those principles. And he said, he said, you may not have a lot of money, but what you recognize is that my car, it was kind of beat up. It was a normal first car. Didn't have anything special in it. But it was mine, and I was happy. And when I, when I wanted to drive or go someplace, my dad was always telling me, make sure you pay your tithe. Make sure you give to God. Make sure you put God first. And he said this, and I never forgot it. He said, there are, if you are obeying God and trusting the Lord and listening to what God has told you to do, the tires on your car, they're going to last. doesn't mean you're going to have the best tires. It just means that what I got, he's going to take care of. Your refrigerator, it may not be the best thing top of the line, but God's going to take care of it. God is going to take care of you where you are. And as you obey, he will begin to give you and bless you. And begin to cover you. I mean, I want you to receive this for me. You don't have to worry about money the rest of your life. What? Yeah. Because he says, I'm going to take care of you if you just obey me. He may, he may give you, here's obedience. You may, he might get an application to go get a job. That might be obeying God. Is this how I've decided to bless you? I'm going to give you this job over here. And you're going to be blessed. But you got to obey means he's going to walk beside you. He's going to give you health so that you can work. He's going to give you strength so you can get up in the morning. He's going to cover you and all that you have need of. He's going to do. He has promised that he will take care of you. And I've, I've been without jobs. I know what I'm talking about. I know what it's like to get that nice big old pink piece of paper when you go into work. Where they say, we love you, but we don't love you. You're gone. We, I know what it's like to... Come home to my wife. What was it? Our first day. Got back from a honeymoon. I had my lunch box. I was so excited. I'm a married man. I got my lunch pail. Going down to the factory to work. Excited. And they say, oh, you're back from your honeymoon. Here's your pink slip. Man, that was a bad day. I understand what it's like to be there. But I also know in whom I have believed in. And I also know how he cared for me. And I also know how he walked beside me. And I also know that the only reason why I lost that job is because he wanted to give me a better job. And the only reason why I lost that next job is because he wanted me to have better pay at that job. And they hired me back at a higher pay. I'm telling you, even though sometimes it looks bleak and sometimes you don't understand why you're coming or going, if you obey God and stay with the Lord and listen to his voice and listen to what he says to you in your life and still keep their head on the straight and narrow and listen to his voice, you don't have to worry about what's on the left. And you don't have to worry about what's going on right. And you don't have to worry about your enemy tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Because when they come up, he's going to diffuse them. When they come up, they'll come in one way and go seven ways. When trials come your way and struggles come your way, somehow you're going to be blessed as you trust God.
Somebody play something. As we listen to this, the Bible tells us, let me just read to you. Stand with me over this room. Verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. That's why people don't like us. Call us haters and all these other things. They're afraid because if we walk into a room, God's going to shake it up. Not that we're being overzealous and bold and trying to hurt people, but we're just saying this is what the kingdom of God says, and I've got a determination that I've got to walk by this path. i got to keep his commandments. i got to go where he tells me to go. I can't turn from the left or to the right because I've got the favor of the Lord, and I jealously guard that favor that God has given to me. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock. And the produce of your ground. In the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. The heavens. To give you rain to your land in its season. And to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations but shall not be the borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God. Which I command you today. And are careful. To observe them. The Bible makes it clear. There is a blessing. A blessing for observing. Our government's in pretty sorry shape debt wise. $19 trillion is what our government's in debt. That is far beyond any kind of number that we could even imagine. And of that debt. The vast majority of it has taken place in the last 16 years. I think in 2000 or 2001, we were only four or five trillion in debt. Hear me today. The Bible says you, you shall lend and not borrow. What started happening? Our government said we don't need God. We don't need to obey his commandments. They started taking them out, the Ten Commandments, out of courtrooms. They started taking Ten Commandments out of our areas. They started taking Ten Commandments everywhere. They said, don't display these. Don't put these up. And what has happened? What has happened? We are now in debt beyond what we can even. We, we don't know we're so far in debt. No one ha- has gotten the bill yet, but the bill's coming. We don't know what, what that will look like, what it's going to be, what the next few years is going to be about. But we know it's not going to be easy street unless we turn back to God. Unless we learn from what the word of God says and says, if you put me first, I will bless your city. I will bless your government. I will bless your economy. I will bless your house. I will bless you and you will lend and not borrow. You will be blessed everywhere you go. When your enemy sees you, he will quake in fear because I'm with you. But it is requirement that we put God first again. Let it begin with us. 
Let it begin with us in our community. Let it begin with us for where we are. We Let us make decisions now. Will this please Jesus? Will this please the Most High? Will we allow him to get glory? Will this cover us? Will this touch him? Will this be what we need in our lives and for our community? And I want to tell you the schools will begin to be blessed. The economy will begin to be blessed. The bay will begin to be blessed. Everything around us will turn around because that's what the word of God says. I still believe this. I don't know about you, but I believe this Bible. And if he says blessing is available, blessing is available. Keep on reading after where I'm stopping and you'll see the curses and it's not good. And it pretty much describes where we are. But the problem is if you put this first, if you put this where we are and you say, Jesus, you're first in our lives. Jesus, you're preeminent. Jesus, my house, me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Jesus, if you would come and be in my house and be in my home and be in this church and be around us. I'm telling you, we shall be blessed wherever we go. People will look at you and say, I don't understand what you got. I want to tell you it's because we have Jesus walking beside us. When the enemy comes in like a flood, he's going to lift up a standard, a wall against him. No weapon that he even tries to come at the church will not prosper because Jesus is going to put it to the side. All we do is walk in faith and not by sight listening to his voice my God I know he has more don't accept less don't accept less thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.